Okay. Okay, so We're everyone's recording. recording. Okay. Mom, you're you recording? Sure you're recording? Yeah, it says I'm recording. Okay, <laughs> How many just seconds making sure. Say? Welcome to the Dillweed Society Film Podcast. My name is Max, and my favorite movie is Yentl. My name is Isabella, and my favorite movie is Bring It On. My name is Joanne, and my favorite movie is Seven Samurai. Wow. Interesting. What do you <laughs> I like thought about you were going to choose like a chick flick for today, since it's Barbie. Yeah. Well, I thought I'd shake it up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to the Dillweed Society podcast, Mom. You are a returning guest. We've had you on several times now, I think. Yeah, I think okay. we had to take one down, actually. Yeah, for disclosed reasons. <laughs> Just in case. Uh, I don't want to be bad mouthing somebody that I might be networking with down the road. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, then I should just not do this podcast as a whole. That's true. Yeah. I'm that's really true. saying a lot of opinions on this. Yeah, that's true. Talk about journalistic integrity. Come on. Um, I know. Well, from here forward, you can just say only nice things about every single movie that you review, and then um, that'll make a great you'll... podcast. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Everyone will really love to listen to that. <laughs> All right. Well, eventually I'll let you put that sassy one back up about you know who. It wasn't wait, what even podcast sassy. was it about? Maxi, wait, it was? This is off the air. Okay. It was about uh what was the movie again? <laughs> yeah. It was Whoa. who we were talking bad about because he's <laughs> yeah. notoriously really mean to his That's his own friends. fault. That's not my problem. Right. Bella, can you please take that down quickly? Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's down now. It'll go back up because, you know what, he earned that. We're just stating the facts here on the Dillweed Society podcast. Tell it like it is. Yeah. Max, you said Yentl? Yeah, Yentl. When have you seen Yentl? I watched it last night. I love it. It's a great (laughs) film. I love it too! Oh Oh my my gosh, I love that movie. It's the first full, like, movie I've seen that stars Barbara Streisand. What? You haven't seen Funny Girl? No, I haven't. I want to watch it. You should see Funny Girl. It's really good. Because now that I've seen Yentl, I'm like, well, this Barbara we watch woman, the Star she really knows what she's too. doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You I guess I guess I've seen the original Star is Born. My, prob- my one problem with Yentl is not enough singing by people other than Barbara Streisand. I wish that Mandy Patinkin had a song because he's, he's such a good singer and he doesn't get a song at all. I didn't know that he was a good singer. <laughs> he won two Tonys. <laughs> I didn't, like, I didn't know he was a good singer. That, uh, I mean, <laughs> that, remember when I said, now who knew Ryan Gosling could sing and dance like that? And you're like, yeah. do you remember La La Land? La La I was like, <laughs> 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 oh my God. That's a pretty good segue. Well, Matthew into... just ruined it. But what are we talking about today, guys? We're going to talk about the movie Barbie. Woohoo. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. We've been trying to record this podcast for weeks. At this point, we all saw it like a month ago, right? A full month ago. Well, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Um, and I've seen it twice. BTW. Oh my gosh! So you'll, you'll know gonna... all of the well... all the announcements. What? <laughs> I just said well. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to go see it again. But you do pick up different things the second time around. Yeah, for sure. But let me read a synopsis for those who live under a rock and don't know who, what Barbie is. Yes. Uh, Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives in the colorful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, when they get the chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. Wait, can you read that again? Because I, 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 I lost my intention during that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mom, you know what happened in the movie. You saw it twice. That's, the synopsis no, I... is just for people who haven't seen it. But I, but I, I was just, I was spacing off because I was um, thinking, does that really summarize the movie? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like two sentences. Try it one more time. Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives in the colorful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, when they get the chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. Two sentences. Okay, uh, here's where I would disagree. Let's just okay. get this conversation started. All right, all right. It's just the premise of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you, and you can you we can circle back and get all structured. But I will say, Ken was not having the time of his life. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The premise is totally that disagrees with that. Like if you watch the first five minutes of the movie. Yes. You're totally right. Well, the movie's called Barbie. It's not Ken. It's not about Ken. But but the pre- the synopsis says Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives. Yeah, I mean, even saying Barbie and Ken is yeah. really that's not what the movie's about. Who wrote right. that? Is that a guy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just what's on Letterbox. I think it's right. pretty clear. But this yeah. is this is Greta Gerwig's uh, third movie, which is crazy to be so prolific at this so early on in her career because she started as an actress and a screenwriter because she's married to uh what's his face boring movies. noah bomback noah bomback and she when the, she and him started dating and like seeing each other because she starred in francis ha which is one of his films oh her all of his films became drastically better when she started working with him and i think she really like brought because he was very cynical very like I feel like a lot of the the text of Barbie is anti Noah Baumbach. He's like really pretentious guy. Really, I kind of feel I mean, bad I, for her. I don't know all of his work, but I did love Marriage Story. But it, what I'm saying is, he wrote Marriage Story after getting together with Greta Gerwig, so the like feminine perspective in Marriage Story would not have existed oh, if it it was okay. not for Greta Gerwig. Together, wow. they make really good movies. Yeah, she had a role in writing Marriage Story, which is part of why it's so good. Wait, oh, right. she, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, she's not she's credited, but, like, obviously, and yeah. And one could read the opening of this movie about, like, taking credit for your own work um, as being perhaps in reference to the fact that she's not credited as a writer in a lot of things that she clearly had an influence on. What do you on. mean the opening of this movie? So the opening of this movie, it goes through, like, just all the great things that are happening in Barbie land. And mm-hmm. one of the examples that it brings up is, like, uh, a woman is given an award for being a uh, like a great scientist, and she's like, "Yes, I worked really hard for this, and so I, deserve I deserve this it. award." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Greta Gerwig uh, perhaps doesn't get the credit she deserves in her log lines for all the work that she does, uh, especially on Noah Baumbach's films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it I love that. It is a 
everything is like speaking to like the society we live in and the way that we are um we are raised to sort of demure and you know not take credit as women or you know um so i thought i thought they did a brilliant job that that was just one of many examples at the beginning of the movie and throughout the movie actually which was what was so hilarious because you know what makes comedy funny is that like you recognize the truth in it and yeah um so yeah they did a she did a brilliant job and she should take credit for it yes yes do we want to have overall thoughts because like it's a long it's i mean it's not a long movie it's it's a it's a whole movie though and we can't go through every single detail so let's start out with overall thoughts did you guys like this movie yeah yes i loved it i loved it also twice i was like slightly hesitant only because of working at a movie theater during the oppenheimer barbie rush which was (laughs) horrendous it was so (laughs) awful you don't even know people were so rude and that kind of deterred me for a minute from seeing barbie and i was like oh so overwhelmed but then on my first day off i saw barbie on a whim mind you i saw mission impossible barb our goal was to see mission impossible but then we ended up seeing barbie as well and i i just i had no words exiting the theater i was just like quietly crying to myself walking to the car it was really wonderful oh crying now tell can we just explore a little bit like what was the what were you crying about it was just such a beautiful movie to be honest i i was waiting for a bigger cry because i was crying 10 minutes into the movie yeah i I will not lie i was i was i was tearing up like fully fully in tears like 10 minutes in or 20 minutes in and then i was like waiting because i was like i can't i can't let it all out now so i was waiting for the bigger cry and it didn't really leave me with a huge cry but maybe the huge cry was like two hours later after i got home but yeah yeah i know i cried throughout too and um we came home and had dinner with uh our neighbors and um and paul was like you cried during barbie because it seems like a kind of movie that you wouldn't come out crying i was like oh yeah i cried a lot during barbie so yeah yeah max how about you i thought it was a really really fun film and i coming out of it um have talked about it more than like any of the other films that i've seen this year and i think that that's a sign of a really good film mm-hmm. and it's also one that i like i want to go back and see maybe more than any of the other films i've seen this year um, isn't that i feel like there's a lot there's a lot to like get um just to like get about the film the more you think about it i agree with that and you know i will say so the first time I saw it was the very first day it opened on the Friday. I was I, I didn't know what to expect because, you know, I hadn't heard anything really other than the promos about it. So I didn't know what I was walking into. I know I love Greta Gerwig and it looked like a lot of fun. And the whole plot was was kept very like hush hush. The whole plot. Yeah. yeah, it was. And so the first few minutes I was like, what am I watching here? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I was like trying to pick up like what is the vibe here that right. I'm supposed to be getting um because at the very beginning she you know she wakes up and it's you know this pop song and it's like 
you know, Barbie wakes up in her own special world. And says, hey, that's not the song. That's not the song. Oh my kind god. Of, kind and, of is a song. It is the song and, though. And then it says, I can't remember what the tune is. And then it's like, hey Barbie. Yeah. Like Yeah. yeah. Da 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 and so, so she, and then cool. she, she's so cool. That's it. And uh, and then she stands up in her Barbie dream house, which has no walls on the mm-hmm. front sides, just like the real Barbie dream house. Mm-hmm. And she's like waking up and waving at all her Barbie friends in their dream houses saying, hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. And like the first time I saw it, because I hadn't like if I had seen it a week or two in, I would have picked up on the hi, Barbie stuff and like figured out what was happening. But because it it was kept so locked down. I was like, what, what is going on here? And then I thought like, maybe this is too cheesy to have any sort of other meaning. And, but, but, and I think I texted you, Bella, and I was like, you got to stick with, stick with it for the first like 10, 15 minutes. And then you'll really see how great it is. But then the second time it was just like all joy. Cause I knew what was coming. I was gonna say, I was able to appreciate also the second time, all the little details and creativity that went into just the set building. Oh, oh yeah. my God gosh and all the everything about the design of that film was literal perfection that was oh my god i'm going to nominate it for everything at the dailies Um, and there's so many little lines too that like added to like the because at the end of the day mattel the company was gonna make a barbie film either way and like i was thinking about this like looking at like originally it was like an amy schumer thing i think or something like that yeah yeah and then they like switched directions and then they eventually got to critic over and then like i was thinking about it and i was like oh because a lot of the criticism about this film is it that it is like a product like ad and i'm like well they were gonna make this film either way might Mm -hmm. as well have a film like that actually has some meaning to it Mm -hmm. um and I think, like, most people who listen to this probably have seen Barbie, but if you haven't, maybe we should, like, go into a little of the bit of the plot. Yes. Um, so, Barbie, some things go wrong in her la- in her land, in Barbie land, and she her feet are flat. She doesn't know what to do. She's, like, feeling sad and depressed, and so she visits Weird Barbie. And uh, she gives, she's given two options, to go to the real world, two quote-unquote options, to go to the real world or to just trying to ride out her life here in Barbie land. And she's immediately like, I want the high heel, not the Birkenstock. And she, the weird Because the high like, heel represented staying in Barbie land. Yeah. And the yeah. Birkenstock represented going to the real world. Yeah, because she doesn't want to go to the real world. She just wants to live her life in Barbie land. But she can't say no. She can't She can't do that. It was like not a choice, actually. Um, yeah. And so she goes to the real world to try and solve this problem of like, her feeling sad that's the whole thing kind of like things are going wrong in barbie land for her specifically as she is stereotypical barbie and so she needs to fix that by going to the real world and finding the her owner like who actually owns her doll um and And, just to back up even a little bit more so barbie land they open with a narrated narrated you know thing that says you know it's basically utopia but everything's great you know Mm. women are you know you know so successful they're equal you know not just equal but they are running barbie land it's all about the ladies uh Mm -hmm. in barbie land and um they don't have to suffer any of the you know ills of real world society and the patriarchy 
Um, they run all the businesses, they, you know, populate the Supreme Court, they just live happy, fun, festive lives um, that are full of meaning. And and then, yeah, things start to go awry. And then Ken is obsessed with her and so joins in without her approval, but they they both end up out of Barbie Land in the real world. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, Ken finds a love for the patriarchy <laughs> and horses <laughs> and uh barbie finds her owner they go back to barbie because she goes to she goes to the barbie like headquarters right yeah which i think will ferrell in this movie i don't like will ferrell in a lot of movies i like him in the lego movie which is scarily similar to this movie oh. mm-hmm. and i like him in elf and yeah. this movie, I also think his character in the Lego movie is exact same. It's kind of crazy. Uh-huh. Huh. It's kind of wild. They definitely saw the Lego movie and were like, can we get that again? <laughs> I never saw the Lego movie. It's, it's oh, similar it's in like the, the toy and like the finding oneself way, but also it's different in like the direct commentary on patriarchy, I would say. Okay. Which I think is core to this movie. But it is quite similar both great movies but Will Ferrell was hilarious I I thought it was really funny how like in the real world like the real world real world is like normal and like guys are mean and like stuff and kids are mean and stuff but in in the Barbie headquarters it's still a little bit like Barbie-ish like Mm. all of the characters are like all the like CEO men like group of men they're still very like cartoony cartoony right which I thought was really funny. And, like, the way that the whole building is set up also is very cartoony. It's kind of like yeah. this, like, in-between realm of, like, reality versus Barbie land. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good observation, Bella. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, just to wrap up the, are we spoiling things? I don't know. She she brings she brings her owner back to Barbie land. Right. Owner and her daughter back to Barbie land. Ken goes back to Barbie land first. Mm-hmm. brings brings back the patriarchy which yeah. he thought was so cool because he thought it had to do with horses and men being the center of everything well, which in, in Barbie land men are sort of like not really important right see I think that's an important part because like also I saw this TikTok the other day about like how like you know in like the criticism of Barbie, a lot of it's a lot of like men being like, "Oh no, that's no movies just for girls or whatever." When Barbie's like actual commentary on men is quite interesting, mm-hmm. uh, because it's like men are trapped, needing to resort to things like the patriarchy. In or- maybe I'll put a little insert here. Regardless of who's in power, any society that insists on telling young men that their only value lies in their lifetime achievements, such as who they date or what job they hold, will ultimately lead to young men feeling useless and disposable within said society, as they are never taught to love themselves and value themselves based on who they are as a person holistically, and are subsequently forced into a state of competition with their fellow men, further isolating them from proper community. This feeling of disposability and isolation causes many men to lean on historically oppressive power structures, such as patriarchy, to try and fill that emotional void and bond with others over their shared power in said 
said system. However, they discover that they will never be able to find value in themselves simply by denying other people of theirs, and healthy community cannot be maintained when your fellows and peers are also your primary opponents. And these young men will inevitably arrive at the conclusion that no matter how much they appeal to patriarchal values, they will always feel worthless and alone until they can learn to value themselves independently of their romantic relationships or their place in a social hierarchy. It said the word patriarchy and Ken's the bad guy, so obviously it hates men. It was really interesting because like men in Barbie land are without identity. And so in order to attain obtain an identity, they need to cling on to things like the patriarchy, which is like, you know, systems of oppression that like event also don't help them also right. continue to oppress. But like they see the immediate suppression of authors as like a way to feel better of themselves yeah you know you know yeah it's kind of rambling reminiscent, it's reminiscent of like like the second wave feminist movement in that like in barbie land men are second class citizens who are all like homeless and dependent on barbies to sort of have any uh any like existence in the world because they sort identity. of sit around waiting for it's not just identity but just like ability to be uh, because when, it's shown that, like, when they hang out with each other, they're all kind of just waiting around for a Barbie to show up. Mm, um, mm -hmm. Right? Like, uh, the narrator. Who the narrator is... Um, is it, like, Helen Mirren? Or Helen Mirren. Uh, Helen Mirren says, like, every day is a good day for Barbie, but uh, days are only good for Ken when Barbie looks at him. Yeah. And so it's sort of this, like... Which is where the whole, like, I am Kenneth comes from. Like, she... This, right. the, her conversation with him at the end is you need to find who you are separate from me because Ken was for Barbie Barbie was not for Ken and I don't want us, us to spend like too long on this commentary because I think there is like a lot of other commentary about like women in the movie that we should touch on but I do think that the way that Greta Gerwig wrote the characters of the Kens was both comedic and very real in, in its in its messaging and i think that was really good because at the end too it's like the kens reach like they they ask for like half the supreme court or something right and yeah. they're like oh no 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 <laughs> maybe eventually we'll get there but maybe like a lower representative right now like it's well, like they they said that maybe eventually you'll have as many men on the supreme court as women are on the supreme court in the real world eventually right Right, right, right. <laughs> you can work towards that but can i say can i switch the uh the just because i do Please. think and it's probably appropriate in this conversation to to switch back and forth between the serious topics which there's a lot of that to yeah. um i was just thinking when we were saying you just said something bella about the ken um at the the kens have this amazing dance and song <laughs> yes. yes i'm just ken Anywhere else I'd be attacked. I was singing that all, all I love week after I saw it. Oh my gosh. It was the best thing ever. And also like taking inspiration from like classic film, like Grease yeah. for one, because yes. of the costumes. And then also like uh, that scene in Singing in the Rain with like the, the backdrop of like yeah. empty colors. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. And West Side Story. It's reminiscent of the fight scene in West Side mm -hmm. Story. There's a bunch of dance moves that are the same. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. The dance moves. And like moves the, when they the do rock scene. paper scissors with each other. Yeah. That's from West Side Story. Oh, that's so clever. Yeah. 
a lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the fun part about this movie is that it is super bubbly, super fun. At the same time, you're wrestling with some really, um, a lot a really, you know, like meaty issues at the same time you're, it's pulling the heartstrings about mother daughter relationships and what it feels like to be a woman. Um, there's just so much, and yet, and it's also beautiful. Like it's a beautiful thing. And then you've got this film layer on it too, Max. That didn't even occur to me about the layers of, um, references to other movies too. And I don't want to say like, like obviously it's not beating you over the head with this messaging, although its messaging is quite obvious. Like it's not hard to understand what it's trying to tell you. Yes. But I think there's a point like people, it's not like to a point where you don't, you're like, okay, shut up. It's it's because it's through the lens of teaching Barbie about patriarchy. Because like in that montage where America Ferrera's character is like saying like all of these things about like how, what it feels like to be a woman, like it's all all the minor things. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like made commentary about that and b- being like, "You're just like stating the obvious, like whatever." But it's like no, because she's teaching Barbie. It's from the right. perspective of Barbie. Like we, I don't know. It's like saying the unsaid out loud. I don't know. Well, you know what? It it may seem obvious, but really there was something really cathartic about having somebody spell that all out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, like, you know, like feeling like you're seen as a woman. Yeah. I think that's why it brought tears to so many people's mm-hmm. eyes is that, yeah, maybe it's obvious, but like not it's not obvious to men at right. all the time. Right. And, it, right. um, and it's certainly like because we're conditioned to just kind of, it's fine and maybe mom like you know like it, to have it all spelled out so clearly and just be like yeah somebody yeah. said it's it like, <laughs> it's like the collective like cream scrying in midsummer you know i don't know what about? that is no. you mean scream you said teddy didn't scrying. make you watch i didn't say green screen max i said I no said, you said you said cream scrying <laughs> I meant, <laughs> scream crying <laughs> make it, Mom, you watched Hereditary, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, it was terrifying. I still think about it to this day, but I know it's very, very well done for yeah. a scary movie. It's Midsummer well is done. that guy's second movie. Um, and there's a scene where Florence Pugh is like the main character and she's like, scream crying. Scream you crying. said cream, cream scrying before. I was like, what's a cream scrying? <laughs> scream crying with oh. all the other like cult members yeah. she's like but it's like this collective well, she's and screaming she wants to get out and they they all it, huddle around her it was and like kind like, of cathartic in imitation her, of her it was like kind of cathartic though because they're all screaming together oh, and it's I like you're really crying anyway oh, wow. anyway it's it's like this collective like let out of like all your anger that's what i mean it was like what to see seeing yeah max what was your perspective as a man (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know i i don't think i can speak for for like men no but Um, you are a man as a as a non-woman let's say well i think one thing that was really cool um or what is something that's like worth noting is that it's the thing that america ferrera says in that like uh close-up one montage. shot of her. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a montage? 
yeah because it's while just, she's saying it they're it's a they're also monologue. it's a monologue but it's also it's intercut by the barbies telling the other barbie stuff but she's not just talking about the problems with with being a woman she's talking about the the self-contradictory demands of womanhood yes. yeah yeah right? that's exactly it like you have to do this thing but not so much to, to be this thing you know yeah it's yeah. like there's no winning you you're either too tough or you're a pushover or you're like right you're not pretty enough or you're too pretty the requirements of being a woman are self-contradictory opens up a lot of potential for understanding like how we can change society you know because it's a it's a realization that it's completely untenable that womanhood as a social role uh and masculinity as a social role are both sort of untenable and self self self-defeating i know well that was a i mean when I left the movie the first time, I left kind of euphoric, um, not crying, because I felt like, wow, I had seen a world in which, like, you know, there was this wonderful world of womanhood and mutually supported. Like, all the Barbies are so supportive of one another, and they all work together um, for the greater good of their community and um it's just such a, like, I, I love the, um, the vision of that. Like I, I, I walked away feeling hopeful, like, okay, all these people are going to see this movie. All these women are going to see this movie. And maybe we can take some inspiration about like how we can get together instead of tearing each other down and change this, this oppressive system of patriarchy that we live in, you know, this culture, like, if you see something that looks so different to me, I felt euphoric. I was like, you know, there's a path for not, not that we're going to get Barbie land, but like, I, I just, you know, it takes like little moments, these little zeitgeist moments in culture to kind of move things forward sometimes. And for me, I, I felt like, you know, really um, excited after I left the theater, but I'm like, I'm very keen. Like I've been, you know, studying the bonobos for, um, a few years now. <laughs> I knew you were gonna bring up that. Let's not. Maybe let's not go into the bonobos. Yeah, we won't. But I just, I, I really liked that alternative vision of society. And then at the end, you know, it's like there's a little bit of catharsis of like, you know, maybe Ken's down the road. You can possibly have a few more seats because um, yeah. it kind of feels a little good given the fact that we live in. A, we all know we live in a world where most CEOs and, you know, are all men. And yeah, but so that kind of felt good. But then I did appreciate that they said, you know, like there's a path forward for the, for the Kens too, like that they can find themselves and live with a separate identity that's, they should feel proud of. I, the film doesn't seem to make a point on the fact that why, like Ken is dependent upon Barbie, not just because he's a toy, but also because like he has no outlet for like developing himself in Barbie land, right? There's no path for his own self-development in Barbie land. And it doesn't, it doesn't say that, but that's obviously the case. And that's also sort of um, why I was comparing it to like historical plights of women when women were not allowed to have like social roles outside of the home, that it makes them dependent upon their husband it makes me think of um, Angel from Montgomery, right? How how the hell 
can a man go to work in the morning and come home in the evening and have nothing to say? Part of that line is like, she hasn't had anybody to talk to all day, right? She's dependent on him, for, on her husband for social interaction. Um, and the film doesn't really make that connection that it's, it's the, um, the social uh, degradation of Ken's in Barbie land that, that makes Ken need to realize that he's Ken off. Right, and makes him express that in a toxic way by bringing patriarchy back to Barbie land. True, yeah. I mean, she really did flip the script entirely. And, you know, the other piece that I, like, just hinted at, which America Ferrera does say, or no, it was her daughter said something about, like, in her world, men hate women, and women hate men, women, too. Um, so everybody's on the same page, basically, <laughs> which is true. Um, yeah, like overall, I think that that's that is a true statement. And so in terms of flipping the script, that's exactly what she did. The Kents do not like each other and they don't support each other and they can barely work together to f- but they were working together to fight each other. <laughs> so, right. Right. Um, she really, I didn't even think about how um, fully she flipped the script about the role of the Kens versus the role of the Barbies and men and women. I was going to say, I thought the, like, the writing and the comedy in the film was very funny. I thought, like, every, all the actors, Issa Rae was really good, America Ferreira, obviously, Margot Robbie was great. Even, and Ryan Gosling, I don't know why people didn't think he could play Ken. He's perfect. He's perfect Ken. He's a I know, old. literally. And who's that guy that was so great? Who's the other Ken that he fights with? He, he uh, he's like acted in some Marvel stuff. I think he was great. And Michael Sarah as uh, Alan. We didn't talk about Alan. Oh my god! There are no queer Barbies except for Weird Barbie, you know, and Alan, right? I think. Who are like? What do you mean? That they're, those are the only two characters who are sort of, like, socially deviant. Yeah, in that they don't... In a way. In a way. Yeah. You, you see what I mean? Well, there's also the guys that... The, the guys that hang out with Weird Barbie. Um, the, um, had, one had the dog, and the other Sugar's one had... Daddy. Sugar, oh, yeah. Sugar's <laughs> Daddy. I think Max meant, like, queer, like, in, like, a... Like, um, like in a queering normative ways because they're i mean the entirety of barbie isn't is extremely queer like all the kens are extremely homoerotic and like in the fight (laughs) sequence they have that 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 fight in the beginning where it's like i'm gonna beat you off like that like interaction yeah that was and then during the fight sequence at the end there's like two of them who are just dancing together they're not fighting they're just dancing in the background like i think I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, do you, Max, I agree what with is that. Your, uh, what, what I mean is that, like, all the characters' social relations are sort of predefined uh, heteronormatively. Because Barbie is. Right, because Barbie, Barbie is Barbie a heteronormative. Is. Right, and so the, the idea of, like, Barbie land is, like, what if there was, like, a uh, an entirely heterosexual society? Um like this, where all, everyone's social relations are circumscribed by their their heterosexual like. Nature. I don't think it's. I mean, that's almost entirely what 
the patriarchy does. Like it's still like right. you're pa- mm-hmm. you're still bad. But I think it's not necessarily a heterosexual one. It is more of a matriarchal one, which isn't the opposite of a patriarchy because they're very different. But um, I think it's more so just like giving a society where it is entirely women. I'm not saying that. I, I'm not saying that that's the only uh, thing that makes Barbie Land Barbie Land. I'm just saying that it's it when you think about it and how Barbie Land is so uh, organized around um, like sexual roles. Um, it's not, not though, like not, because not roles in terms of sex, but roles that are defined by your sex. Oh, I guess it's like not though. Like I don't it's know. like it's totally it's, it's asexual. defined Barbie by Land like, is totally asexual. Yeah, everybody's yeah, asexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, in terms of, like, how Barbie was marketed, I just think that that's, like, the entire movie is playing off the marketing of Barbie throughout, you know, the 19-whatevers. Mm. Yeah. And because Barbie was so successful, and, like, no one bought a Ken. No one wanted a Ken. No. And so that just in and of itself is a microcosm of the reverse of like patriarchy so that i just think it was really smart how like critica was able to do that yeah i agree with that purpose right and i and i do think that like (laughs) all these things are done for many reasons but the truth is like if you had a barbie growing up and your girlfriends had barbies really bella is saying the absolute truth like nobody had a ken nobody wanted a ken like, why would you have a Ken? Like, he would be, it, only as an accessory, perhaps. Um, and and in which case, you would just kind of, he would only, you would trot him out for maybe a, a ball or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, other than that, you just wouldn't have one or you toss it aside. And um, that's what she, I mean, that's an accurate reflection of how girls played with Barbies. That right. is 100% Barbie world. It was all about other Barbies and all the clothes and all the stuff. That's one of the things that um, my friend Lisa and I were talking about when we were walking afterwards. It's like oh, so like so many little details like that are so mm-hmm. accurate to the way that we all got together and played with Barbies. And I do think it was interesting that um, at the very, very beginning, how she talked about how before Barbie all the girls only played with baby dolls, which yep. was t- teaching them that the, you know, their maternal job instincts. In, yeah. And nurture and care yeah. for somebody else and not themselves. Whereas Barbie was like, Barbie's just living a fabulous life. Mm-hmm. She's just living her best life, having a great time, wearing fabulous clothes, you know, going to the moon, running a company, you know, she's got her own gorgeous house and car and like right. everything about Barbie was like, such it, it at the time I think people were critical like oh gosh you know her figures you know disproportionate and she's like too perfect looking and whatever but she was a feminist <laughs> in the best possible way it's like oh my gosh and I think as a little girl I was obsessed with Barbies but um you know like it did feel empowering it felt like an empowering play thing yeah. to play with Barbies you can make whatever arguments you want to make that like oh it's an ad it's just you know so at the end of the day supporting capitalism but i'm like so is every other film yeah you know yeah. it's like yeah. it's like might as it's well a totally ridiculous just like be like, open about it you know yeah. and it's yeah. like barbie has like a 
really interesting story and like it yeah. just in the marketing thing alone like yeah. what it did for young girls i agree um so i speaking of the the capitalism piece though um i have got to say bold move and hats off to mattel for making themselves the evil villains in their own movie but yeah it's it's no, it's performative villainry, though. Like, it's if you if you can come out of the film and say hats off to Mattel for making themselves the villain, then they've they've won, right? It's all a cycle, guys. No, I know. Well, I'm, but, just, I mean, I'm just saying it's not actually subversive, you know. You're you're right, but I actually like that because I have been in corporate like situations in my life as yeah. a work, and they never err on any risk like that. They would right. never, like, honestly. Any corporation that's like, oh, let's, like, it'll it'll make us so much money. Let's um, make ourselves the evil villain and then fill the Barbie boardroom with all men, um, yeah. and like they're bumbling idiots and evil bad guys. And like, who you know, like you could get the idea that a corporation who is as conservative as it gets, especially about its brand, mm-hmm. um, would say, yeah, green light. Like, let's right. go. That's actually extraordinary that it happened. I think they knew that in the long run it would serve the movie well and, like, eventually get them more money. But, like, I at the end of the day, I don't really care about their money, you know? I just, like, I really enjoyed the movie in and of itself. It, like, made me really happy. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do want to support it because I really want the numbers to go through the roof so that we employ more women directors and writers more women actors more movies starring women and i think like anyone is gonna find something to love about it it's it's kind of funny there's a bunch of memes about this movie like jokes on twitter that are like women go to see barbie and like exit the theater crying and like (laughs) just like you know mourning their like femininity and their womanhood and just like wanting to like be in this better world and then men leave barbie thinking like i am kenuff which is is true it's like you know it's good to know that you're kenuff either way but like it's just funny like but like you know you're gonna even if you like don't even care like about like the messaging per se it's still a funny moving movie also oh yeah it's It's hilarious and i love that one line about alan where it's like He's, like, in the middle of a fight, and people are like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Alan. I'm Ken's friend. All his clothes fit me. Because that's how he was marketed. All, like, you buy you buy Ken. You don't have to buy new clothes for Alan. Because all of Ken's <laughs> clothes fit him. It's so funny. Uh, he was so cute in that role. I thought he did such a good job, Michael Sarah. Yeah, good job on casting, folks. That was really, He was brought really onto fun. the project, like, extraordinarily last minute. He only came in and, like the last couple months of filming because like they it was originally supposed to be someone else and then oh it was supposed to be Jonathan Groff I think and then he had a scheduling conflict and so they picked up Michael Mm. Sarah and it was funny because they had they all had like a group chat and Michael Sarah like has a flip phone so he wasn't (laughs) in the group chat and I was he was he was just like that's just my character though you know like I've been excluded in as an Alan so oh my gosh that's so cute Oh my gosh. Oh, and okay. So one more thing about this. Um, I also loved now I, I, you know, I don't know. It's the, maybe the shines worn off, but I loved the festiveness around this movie and the Mm -hmm. fact that people were really 
getting creative and going all out, you know, with their putting outfits together, pink outfits. We saw a guy and a gal, like the women were just, you know, knocking it out of the park with their Barbie outfits. But we saw this woman walk and her friend walk in and he had dyed his hair pink and his beard pink. He went in with it so cute. And so I love that everybody was getting into it. And like these older elderly ladies asked me to take their photo in front of the Barbie poster and they were all decked out in their pink. And I just thought, you know what? This is what we need. Like just a fun everybody getting together and being festive summer movie, you know. That's nice. We need more love in this world. We need more t shirts that say I am Knuff. I don't know. I think the most annoying man you know is going to buy that and wear it. So. <laughs> well, the spirit know. behind it is is good. I think everybody is enough, and you know, yeah, it's, it was really really positive. So, love do it. Want to do we want to move into uh, ratings for this movie and recommendations? Mom, what would you rate this movie out of five? Uh, I'm gonna go with. How many quarters can I use? You can All the use quarters? one half. One half. Only half um, on the podcast. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to go... Ah, I'm teetering between 4.5 and 5 stars. I think for the amount of talk you give around this movie you should give it a five because <laughs> like i'm I, gonna I, go back and see it again so I yeah i feel like five. you love it more than me and i gave it a four and a half and like okay, it was almost it. five for me it was like literally so close to being five okay i'm gonna give it five yeah i gave it four and a half max what'd you get give it uh i give it uh three and a half stars <gasps> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you didn't like I it i thought so who said i didn't like it well, three and I said I liked it. So- Max has been That's longingly staring out the window, trying to not speak through this entire conversation. Let us just That's not let, true. let's let's remark. Let's remark. <laughs> hey, I'm giving you space. <laughs> <laughs> You're overcorrecting. I'm engaging as well. Okay. All right. All right. So Max gives the lowest. So we'll score. give you a five for um, participation and. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good right. movie. Three and a half stars is really... Two and a half is when it's, like, starting to be not good. Mm. Three and a half is a... You know what I, What else I gave three and a half? What? The the last Spider-Man movie. The one with okay. Andrew Garfield in it. I never what? It. You remember that one? Oh, love that. The, one, the one with all of them? Tobey Maguire and... I like you that. See what Are you I'm freaking saying? kidding me? That's a five. That's I gave a five. them both three and a half. <laughs> That's a five. <laughs> I'm hoping to get a jab in Hollywood, Bella. <laughs> five. Yeah, five. I I loved it. Um, so, do we want to move into recommendations for current yes. movies or things mm. that are out? And yes. by the time this is out, it's gonna be no. This will be out before that. But um, voting or submissions for impermanent categories start on September first. I'll send all the associates an email with a Google form to fill out. You can, like, think about what has been coming out this year and, like, think about what specific categories you want to honor. I have a couple things in mind, but I'm super excited for the Dilly season. And I've been updating the website. So with that, tell your friends to become associates and we're going to get into recommendations for other things, other movies, other TV shows, other podcasts that we have loved this year. 
who wants Ooh. to start? So um, there's a actor's strike and writer's strike on right now. Uh, and the striking organizations, the like SAG-AFTRA and the WGA, have asked that we not direct people towards uh, media which is being struck against, i.e. towards streaming services. So it might not be a good idea for us to... We might have to redact this section and then put it in when the strike ends. And it, but we're expanding this to not just movies, but to TV shows and podcasts. Well, so you remember last year we had best first season of a TV series? Oh. That was an impermanent category, which is why I brought up impermanent categories just now, because I was like, we haven't chosen them yet. If there's like really good stand-ups, if there's really good podcasts, oh. like first seasons, um, that could be an option. Because it's, I think it's the same studio that did the Spider-Verse ones, is it? Oh, yeah. Because it looks very similar. And it's it's kind of cool. I'm I'm just I'm all for like, you know, experimental animation. In, experimental in a still like very traditional storytelling way. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Probably won't see it. Like a like a greasy gas station hot dog, you know. You know, you, the world is ending. Who do we call? These three guys. They're just yeah. some guys. It's not the I CIA. Know. I it's actually just Tom Cruise and his buddies. That's They're what great. that's what will save the world. Tom yeah. Cruise and his buds. His unspoiled this is just the setup it's so cheesy it's so that's why i loved it i was like serve it up it's all super cheesy i loved it it's like a fun and it's such like his like cheesy he's a weird guy kenneth brano yeah he's a strange one (laughs) he's a strange one Oh, All right, gang. Yes. Thank you. Love you. Yes. Love you. Love you too. Bye.